We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy Football Friday, everybody. Home and home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash enter ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So excited for this show. So much to get to in the program. Garrett Cole putting up historic, almost unmatched numbers in the long history of the game of baseball. We'll have some perspective from Kevin Millar later in the program. The couple of Buffalo Bills fans who were married on the field at halftime of a game, join us to share their incredible story. Is Houston University college football tanking? And what, folks, is wrong with the Patriots' offense? Yeah, they scored 35 points. If you didn't stay up and watch this game, you need to hear Ross Tucker's analysis because something is ailing that offense despite the fact they are undefeated. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road preparing for another college football broadcast. We'll get to all that in a second, Ross Tucker. But first, some shenanigans. Uh, It's my birthday today. Little reveal. And I thought, Ross, the only thing I wanted was this here Bloody Mary. Because it's a Bloody Mary Friday here on Home and Home. I thought that was all I wanted. And then I got a text from my little daughter, from my little seven-year-old. And you have two beautiful girls at home, so you can appreciate this. And then I learned this is really the only thing in the world I wanted. It was an Animoji video. If you're watching on the radio.com app, you can see it. Other of you, others can hear it. It's a doggy face Animoji with this voice. Listen. Happy birthday, Dad. When are you going to be home? I love you. Oh, my God. Tucker, is there anything better than the way a little girl just makes you feel loved when you get home, man? No. that So that was her voice with the dog? That was amazing. Yes. Oh, made my day. I'm good. Like, I'm good to go now. I got my Bloody Mary and my doggy emoji. Happy birthday. I love you from my daughter. Let's call it a day, bro. All right. So... Well, first of all, I always, you know, every time you start the show, you team me up on something. And instead of just answering the question, I say either, well, a few things. Or I say, (laughs) first of all. So today, my first of all, Dave Briggs, is happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy. You know what's great about that? So so, so a couple of things, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't like that you said right there it's my birthday because I wanted to surprise you that I knew that. You know what I mean? Like we've had that plan for an hour that I was going to sing happy birthday to you. (laughs) Secondly, right before the show started, somebody, I don't know if it was Millennial Joey or Millennial Jordan, but somebody wished you a happy birthday, right? Do you know yeah. who it was? On on which on a text or a, we have a lot of communication. Oh right, right. Like channels. talking to the talking via Skype. Like we oh do. yes, Joey. Joey did our producer here at home and home. Okay, so you're not supposed to do that. Like we were trying to act like we didn't even know it was your birthday. He blew it. We we were trying to act like we had no idea it was your birthday. By the way, do you know yeah. the only reason why I knew it was your birthday? Twitter? No. And, and I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't scrolled through all my tweets. I got a text message at 6 a.m. this morning from my mom, Sandy Tucker. She said, I'm sure you know this, but it's Dave Briggs' 43rd birthday today. I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like, 
Really? Are you Wait. sure? How do you know that? She said he said it on his show this morning. So I don't know <laughs> if she was watching your show or if she's just all over your social media. But shout out to my mom, Sandy Tucker, for alerting me that it was your 43rd birthday, wow. October 11, 1976. You came to the world. And I told our producer, Joey Gelman, our executive producer, Steve Jung, hey, it's Briggs' birthday. We got to do something. And Joey replied, how about a lifetime supply of Bloody Mary mix? I'm like, yeah, uh, that'd probably be good. I mean, we have to do something on the show, like at the start of the show. <laughs> like, so, so here we are. I sang happy birthday. Yeah. Terrific job by Jordan. Uh, I'm assuming that was Jordan. That was an awesome uh, little meme or whatever they put up of you. For people that are just listening only, you got to check out the show at times, the video at radio.com slash home or on the radio.com app. There was a happy birthday, Dave. Okay. Now, did they do all of that? Or was that like something from CNN? No, that that is a home and home radio.com sports original, much like the program. <laughs> and I have to say, your mom, I mean, she's on it because that was clearly from watching CNN at, at uh, 558 a.m. because that was the only mention of how old I am. Uh, yeah, my co-host so there's been gave, no, there's gave been me a no bagel. There's been no social media or anything yet? Not with the age. Not with the age. So that was the reveal that she was watching because that was the only point at which I said how old I am. I feel about 63 years old. I hate when I have to see Tom Brady out there on a damn football field who's my age taking on men half his age in an NFL football game as I'm about to turn 43 and can barely get out of bed, man. That's some reality check for you. You know what, though? In all sincerity, I feel like he is starting to show his age a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, it's very clear talking with quarterback evaluators throughout the NFL that really judge and evaluate these guys. And this has probably always been the case with him, Dave. It's very clear he's trying. He does not want to get hit. And that's a positive, by the way. That's the way he should be at this stage of his life. He shouldn't want to get hit. But last night he got hit, and he got hit a bunch. I mean, there were three sacks. He got hit a bunch of times other than that. He did not look in rhythm. It's kind of crazy, by the way, because if you actually just looked at the stats this morning, you didn't watch the game, it's like, oh, 31-41 right. for Brady. Oh, 300 yards. Okay, they won by 21. Pretty much what I expected. No, wrong. It wasn't. He, he threw a horrible interception trying to throw the ball to Edelman. He got strip-sacked for a touchdown. That never happens to Tom Brady. Never. But it happened. He also did not look good a lot of the night in the pocket, was getting hit. And, you know, my glasses aren't real good, Dave. That's not the 85 Bears over there for the Giants defense this year. Never even heard of some of those dudes that were, you know, knocking down passes and getting to Brady. So, once again, it was a pretty uneven performance by the Patriots offensively, but you get a special teams touchdown from Chase Winovich. You get a defensive touchdown from Kyle Van Noy. You get a couple of quarterback sneak touchdowns from Tom Brady. And the next thing you know, it's a 35-14 win for the New England Patriots. Yep. Ho-hum, ho-hum. Yeah, Tom Brady, the oldest player to ever rush for two touchdowns in the same game. And it's interesting to see someone so slow break a record that was once held by Doug Flutie, who was so fleet of foot. But that's an interesting stat for Tom Brady, who is, I think, probably the goat of the quarterback sneak as well. Um, but my reaction was just the same as yours. Um, waking up at 1.30, as I do, I saw the score and thought, boy, that score just doesn't reflect the game that I saw. I saw a team completely out of sync. I saw a very, very close game. Let's not forget, folks, this was a seven-point ball game 
with under nine minutes to go in the game. A seven-point game. Like, I, I thought of the 30 for 30 voice. What if I told you? A Giants team without Saquon Barkley, Wayne Gallman, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram was within seven points of the New England Patriots with the first or second best defense in football. If that was a seven-point game, I would have bet you $10,000. That would not have been a seven-point football game. You mentioned a couple of things. Tom Brady doesn't want to get hit well on the one scoop and score touchdown, which was a sack by the Giants. I thought Tom Brady held the ball forever, not something he usually does. He held on to it for a long time. So that's also, aside from that, interceptions in three straight games, very rare for Tom Brady. And the interception in this game, just like last week against Washington, terrible Terrible throws, terrible decisions, things we don't see Tom Brady often do in this career. I don't know if it is everything coming together at once, his age, the injuries, in particular offensive line, and it's obviously the lack of weapons around him, with the notable exception of Julian Edelman, who we found out calls himself the squirrel. We'll get to Gronk's TV analyst debut in just a bit. But what a revealing question it was to Tom Brady after this 35-14 win, in which they maintained their undefeated record. Where do you feel essentially this offense is at? Listen to the question, the pause, and the answer. What's your assessment of where you guys are as an offense right now? Do you think it's been good enough? Uh, we'll see. We're 6-0, and so try to get to 7-0. So thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Whoa, that says everything. Usually Tom Brady speaks forever and says nothing. In this case, he said almost nothing and said everything. Didn't he, Ross? He did, and I, I don't really understand it. it. It was like, I mean, clearly in his mind, the answer is no. It hasn't been good enough. But for some reason, he felt like that wasn't okay to say. Like, I'm surprised. Like, the, I'm surprised just knowing him a little bit that he wouldn't have just said, no, it's not good enough. But honestly, it's never good enough. We can always get better. And we do that by preparing hard each day. We Every day we take the next step, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah. bunch of ways yeah. he could have answered that. I don't know what, like, short-circuited in his brain. And by the way, um, big fan of Brady as a player and person. And it's unbelievable how often he has to talk to the media and how we scrutinize everything he says. It really is, like we've said before, the analogy – it's almost like the president of the United States. Everything he says, we really dissect. But, you know, such is life for someone in his position, I suppose. Talking Brady, not Trump, by the way. Um, but, like, that that one was weird. Like, that was, I would say that was one of his worst answers I, I've heard him say in a while. I don't know why. The answer is, we'll see. We're 6-0, and trying to be 7-0. and Like, I don't know. I, I guess what I think is interesting is why did he think it was not okay to say, no, it's not good enough? Like what? Like I, I don't like that. That would be more concerning to me than anything. I'd be like, so what are you that mad? Are you that upset that you can't even or you think you're going to offend somebody that you can't say no, it hasn't been good enough? It's weird. I hate when we share a brain. I love when we disagree. That's what I felt. I felt like there was a Tom Brady not wanting to admit his true feelings on this. And it seems like something is building in him. And all I can imagine is, look, the guy can't be frustrated about injuries. Injuries do happen. Can he be frustrated about lack of weapons around him? It certainly does feel like that is the case. And when I asked Andy Hart from WEEI, this is a kind of a side issue, but I asked him, why is it that Tom Brady, who's well aware of everything going on at the universe, that everything he says, tweets, likes, posts, is overanalyzed by all of us, not just the Boston media, but the national media. Why would he follow Antonio Brown on Instagram, despite all the accusations, and like all of these bizarre Instagram posts? All I can think of is this is a guy very frustrated with the lack of targets around him. Josh Gordon has been hurt, and even when he's healthy, he hasn't been spectacular. Ben Watson was uh, sent, was waived. Um, there's 
Sony Michelle looks just okay. Julian Edelman is probably a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but not the kind of guy uh, Tom Brady needs a downfield stretcher at this point in his career. Will they make a move for a wide receiver? I want to get to Gronk in a second, but as a wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Green, who the Bengals say is not available, do you expect them to make a move to satisfy Brady? Or do you think Belichick loves it this way, that it is the defense that leads this team? Well, I do think he loves when it's the defense and special teams that lead the team. I mean, ultimately, he just wants to win and rack up wins and championships. But yeah, like a a 10-3 game, I think deep down, anybody that's background is defensive side of the ball loves that. And Belichick's no different. Plus, I don't care what anybody says. He knows that there is some debate and there will be for decades as to whether Tom Brady or Bill Belichick is a bigger reason for the success of the Patriots. Personally, I think that's one reason why he probably wanted to move on from Brady for Jimmy Garoppolo because he felt like Garoppolo was a guy that he could win with and prove that it wasn't just Brady. I don't think Robert Kraft let him do it. You know, based on all the reporting from Seth Wickersham and when all that went down, I firmly believe that Belichick wanted to keep hanging on to Garoppolo because he thought, hey, this could be my next guy and I can prove I can still win big, win championships without Tom Brady. There is some type of internal struggle rivalry. I think they both know that they need each other still right now. But, you know, we've just seen, we've heard and seen too many reports. As for adding someone, Dave, it's a possibility. You know, I've heard, oh, maybe our tight end like Orlando or like O.J. Howard. Well, then why not, why not sign Ben Watson? That one is still troubling to me. I thought Andy Hart yesterday made a great point. You don't have a roster spot, but you can have Cody Kessler as an inactive third quarterback. Are you kidding Give me a break. I mean, I saw enough of Cody Kessler this preseason. He shouldn't be on any roster, let alone the Patriots roster, as a third stringer and as a guy that's inactive on game day. So uh, we'll see. I, you know, this we need to get the latest update on Josh Gordon's injury last night because that, you know, he was riding a yeah. bike and I think he'll be okay, but that's something to monitor. And I think we'll see how they go in the next few weeks. I just don't know who's even really available that would make a difference to them. Yeah, I think any of those three I mentioned would be, but it sounds like A.J. Green not. It uh, sounds like Stephon Diggs they'd rather not trade. I think the Broncos would move Emmanuel Sanders and still some talent left and that guy, despite the devastating injury last season, or not so devastating the way he came back from it. Um, so I, I love that Green Day song, Wake Me Up uh, When September Ends, but it's... When October ends for the Patriots, who have they beaten? Nobody. Seven and 22 are their opponents on the season. Hard to know now what to make of the Pittsburgh week one win, given what we've seen since Ben went down. Take that out of the equation. At Miami, beat the Jets. At Buffalo, good defense, nothing on the offensive side of the ball. At Washington, they beat the Giants last night. They'll go and beat the Jets next week. We're not going to know until November what kind of football team we have. November starts at Baltimore, then by, then Philadelphia in Philly, home for Dallas, at Houston, and home for Kansas City. We are going to find out what kind of a football team they have in November. What do you think we're going to see in November? Will it be the same old story, Patriots back to being world beaters, struggle early on in the season? Yeah, you know what? That has been kind of their M.O., Dave. And I do think they'll end up, you know, at this point, I almost feel like 12-4 and is like worst-case scenario. I mean, all they have to do is go 6-4. and in their next 10 games, and they'll be 12 and four again, which is why I told people to still take the over on the Patriots before the season. Although, truth be told, I thought the Jets would be better than this, and the Buffalo Bills are pretty good. So that's a good win for the Patriots because the Bills are pretty good. I think they'll continue to get better offensively. You know, when they get Isaiah Wynn back at left tackle, that will certainly help. 
Because right now, and I tweeted this last night, Dave, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. The show is at RDC Home and Home. The station at RDC Sports that this is the first time I can remember in a long time that the offensive line for the Patriots is a problem. I mean, it really is. It's a problem. Not only was it, you know, the shots that Brady was taking and the sacks and Marshall Newhouse, but they had three short yardage situations, fourth and short, and they got stuffed. I mean, and again, this is not some great Giants defense they're going against. They couldn't run the ball very well at all, especially in those short yardage situations. Tom Brady got stuffed on a quarterback sneak. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Now, he did still have two rushing touchdowns, which is uh, very rare for a guy of his age on quarterback sneaks later on. The best short yardage play in football. I don't know why more teams don't do it at every level. So they did do that later on in the game. But it was not good. Uh, and it's even it's not just Isaiah Wynn. It replacement Marshall Newhouse at left tackle or at center, you know, Ted Karras. Both those guys are just guys. But even Shaq Mason, some of these other guys are not performing as well as they have in the past. Their offensive line's a problem right now. It's amazing. They've got lack of weapons at receiver and tight end. Their offensive line's a problem. They're 6-0. It's, it, it is unbelievable. Yeah, what can you really say about a team when they're doing what they have to do, when they're putting up 35 points the first time they've allowed a, a passing touchdown this season? Pretty hard to fathom. That's that. Danny Dimes, three interceptions in this game, did throw a beautiful ball on that touchdown. I don't know that I feel any differently about him because he had no shot. He had no weapons. Do you take anything away from his performance? I thought overall it was probably about what I expected, but I'd actually say I thought I thought the Giants in general and Daniel Jones in particular probably performed better than I thought. Certainly the Giants as a team did. Daniel Jones was about what I thought he'd be. I mean, man, he was under duress, number one. Number two, there were not people open. I mean, it was really yeah. tight windows he was trying to throw the football in, but he didn't look overwhelmed to me. It, it, it didn't look like the moment was too big for him. It looked to me like something he was used to playing for Duke against like Clemson and Florida State and schools like that. He's used to being overmatched and he kind of played like it. Uh, you know, the one interception, they hit his arm. The other one, the ball got to, you know, I, I thought he was, I thought he was okay. I, I, I did not think it was a, negative evaluation of Daniel Jones and the people like making fun of him on social media. They've got to be kidding me. It's the fourth start for a rookie quarterback without his top two running backs, his top receiver, his top tight end on the road against the best defense in football, maybe the best defense in football by far. Like I didn't, I thought he acquitted himself fine. Okay. I thought the same description could be used to uh, talk about Rob Gronkowski's TV analyst new job. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, we need to talk about the people that hired Rob Gronkowski. No, I don't mean Fox Sports. I mean ZipRecruiter. I don't know this for sure, but I'm thinking that Fox went to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter to find Gronk. Just like Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz did, he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But as happens from time to time, he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder 
four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Rob Gronkowski got hired by Fox Sports to start his television career as an analyst. And, well, it depends on who you ask. Um, I've seen reviews that blasted the performance. I thought it was exactly what I expected, what we've come to expect from the big personality that is the former and maybe future tight end of the Patriots. Here was the, the shining moment, if you will, Gronk talking about his former teammate Julian Edelman and his nickname. Well, let me tell you something about Julian. First off, he calls himself the squirrel. You want to know why he calls himself the squirrel? Because he is a squirrel. He's furry. He's furry. He's cute. He's elusive. He's feisty. And most importantly, whenever he gets a chance, he gets that nut. Just like he gets a first down. Just like he gets the touchdown. Just like he'll give you a catch when you need it. All right, look, that is the full Gronkowski. Not everything said on an NFL pregame show is all that insightful. I say, what the hell? What's wrong with a little entertainment? What's your evaluation? I agree. I agree. I'd rather watch Gronkowski say stuff like that, nonsensical stuff, (laughs) than fake laughing and analysis that is not groundbreaking, is just you know, regurgitating the same stuff that was said all week. Look, I'll tell you this much. I don't tune into very many pregame shows. And I know that might surprise you. I'm a football fiend. I don't get a lot out of them. I don't really enjoy them. I might tune in to see Gronk. I really might. He's at least entertaining. And he said he's a squirrel and he knows how to get that nut. That's good enough for me. I'm, I'm a simple man, okay? I'm a simple man. I like simple things. That's good enough for me. I, that was hilarious. Look, I, I, I'll just take entertaining. I'll just take something different. Like we try to be on home and home with less than five minutes of commercials per hour, which is insane. Insane, I tell you. Make sure you're telling your friends and family about this. I thought the most revealing said regarding Gronk came from Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots pregame show on NFL Network. He said, well, Gronk hasn't put in his retirement papers in yet. We can pray. We can hope he returns. He's coming back. There are no weapons on that New England Patriots team. And Rob Gronkowski during that pregame performance would not rule out a return. He's coming back. It's a matter of when, not if. I pray and hope he doesn't because I don't want any more injuries for that man that told us how much pain he was in during his football career, but he's clearly not done. Ross mentioned how few commercials we take in this show, just five minutes per hour. We will take a quick one right now. When we come back, though, you want to hear the guests right around the corner. They got married at the Bills game on the football field with Bills legends surrounding them and taking part in the wedding. They will tell us that fantastic story when we come back after a real quick break here on Home and Home. Welcome back on a football Friday here on Home, a radio.com sports original. Let's switch to baseball where tonight, it is October 11th, and the Nationals and the Cardinals start the NLCS in St. Louis should be an outstanding series, but of course, everyone can't wait for Saturday night. Saturday night is when the ALCS starts and it's the one we've all been waiting for Yankees and Astros Houston. You can exhale. They survived Uh, mattress. Mac must've been living on the edge through that series. He has more than 5 million bucks on the Astros six, one game five over the Rays. And the story, as it has been for a couple of months now in Major League Baseball, if you're a baseball fan, you know him. If you're a casual fan, you may not appreciate the greatness of Garrett 
Cole. It's not Justin Verlander. Yes, he is outstanding. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball, bar none right now. Last night, a 6-1 win for Houston. Cole goes eight innings, one run, 10 Ks. Ho-hum. Listen to this. This guy, (laughs) he has 24 straight starts without a loss, 18-0 with a 1.66 ERA, 251 strikeouts over those 24 starts. That's going back to May 22nd. Folks, this is greatness like arguably we have never seen in the history of the game. Ross Tucker, you qualify as a casual baseball fan, but certainly you can appreciate the brilliance that we're seeing on the mound from Cole. Well, and this is exactly why every single baseball expert that we've had on the show, Kevin Mala and Bob yep. Nightingale or whoever, they all said that the Astros were the prohibitive favorite to win the World Series because of their pitching. It's kind of ironic that Granke couldn't get it done, Verlander couldn't get it done, but in comes Garrett Cole, who is the least well-known of those three in terms of name recognition, but you said it. I mean, not only has he not lost a start since May, which is incredible, he has 11 straight games of at least 10 strikeouts. That's never been done before. You know, I'm not a big baseball guy. We've established that. But I really am a history guy. And baseball has been around and really popular, like, forever. And they've kept good stats, like, forever. They've kept track of things. Anytime someone in baseball does something that's never been done before, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. And 11 straight games with at least 10 strikeouts, that is beastly from Garrett Cole. My question, and something we'll ask Kevin Mala later on, is how much it hurts the Astros just that they had to go five games? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and, you know, they got to play again already on Saturday. So, How much of the lack of rest hurts them versus the rest? Or maybe you like to be in that rhythm because it's like the regular. I I don't know the answer to that. Can't wait to ask Kevin about that one in the second hour. We will ask Kevin. My personal analysis of that is I'm a momentum guy. I think rest can hurt a baseball team quite often. I think of the 2007 World Series, Colorado Rockies had, you know, I mean, look, it, it was all about rest versus momentum. But I think this is different. And it's because Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, you want, you need pitching game one. He's not. He's not pitching game two either. Garrett Cole pitches game three. And that's why I think this really favors the Yankees in terms of that five-game series. Because Cole, you'd like to see him three times in a series like this. Now you won't. You'd like to have him on the hill game one. So Verlander goes two and six. Zach Granke game one and game five. I think that's going to be a huge difference. Also going to ask Kevin Mala about Tyler Glasnow, who pitched for Tampa Bay last night. And Glasnow, a very interesting case because uh, he admitted after this game, he said, quote, it's pretty obvious I was tipping my pitches. Now, in football, it's considered cheating to be stealing another people's signs. And this isn't stealing signs. It is clear, although the Astros deny it, Millar's going to weigh in on this. He was clearly giving away what pitch he was going to throw when. Are you okay with that? Is this just doing great homework? And Ross, why wouldn't the Tampa Bay Rays organization do the same scouting on their own pitchers that the Houston Astros did? That seems strange to me. Right. So um, a couple things. Number one, it's not illegal in the NFL to steal signs. You absolutely can steal signs. It's illegal to video someone else's (laughs) signs, especially from the sideline. So you can go back before you play them again and figure out what the signs were. That is illegal. But that's why you'll see guys... You know, they have the they have the paper up like this so you can't see their face while they're talking. Or even I saw last week Army Tulane 
when the Army mm-hmm. defensive coaches were giving the signals, they had a big black tarp that a couple players raised up so that if you were up in the press box, you couldn't see what the signals are. So it's not illegal, to my knowledge, in any sport to steal signals like that. It's just illegal to video it. That's obviously not the case. What happened last night to the, uh, you know, to the pitcher for the Rays, I don't even know how to say his name. Say it again. Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, Glasnow. So yeah. that's that's football, man. That That's sports. Like, you're always trying to, you know, you're in your yeah. stance as an offensive lineman. You're thinking, how close is that D lineman to me? His alignment's really tight. I think he's pinching. I think he's going inside. Plus, you know what? The linebacker's a little bit a little bit wider. Here comes a Mike Sam stunt. End pinches. Mike comes off the edge. Sam comes off the edge. Like you're always looking for clues, indicators, trying to think what the deal is. And that's exactly what the the Rays happened in the Rays last night. I'm blown away. Because watching the clip this week, uh, this morning, it was so obvious. Like yeah. how the how the Rays didn't realize he was doing it is crazy to me. I thought it was surprising that the catcher or the manager or the bench coach for the Rays didn't see that. A catcher should always know when a pitcher is tipping his pitches. These are things we'll ask Kevin Millar about from the MLB Network in the nine o'clock hour. But right now. Let's bring on a couple who is one a Red Sox fan and one a Yankees fan, but they are both die-hard Buffalo Bills fans. Let's welcome in Mackenzie Park and Jordan Bengeli. They were married a few weeks ago at the Buffalo Bills game during halftime on the field. Guys, it is wonderful to have you. It is Dave Briggs. It is Ross Tucker. We loved this story a couple of weeks ago when we heard about it. Before we get to the wedding... Uh, Jordan, I need you to set up the engagement. Tell me exactly when, where, and how you engaged that lady sitting next to you. Yeah, so it was the day after her birthday. Um, we tailgate up in Orchard Park, you know, right before the game. We get there really early and um, get out all the good food and, and all the good brews. And, um, you know, one of Mackenzie and I's big thing is that we like to play catch um, when we're tailgating. So, um, I came up with this idea to uh, when when her and I were playing catch that I would throw her a ball that had a saying on it. Um, and that's how I would propose while we were tailgating in the parking lot. Um, so that day, uh, Mackenzie, we got there and Mackenzie took quite a while to say, hey, let's play catch. Um, so it made me even more nervous than I already was. Um, so it was about 1030 and. I finally, Mackenzie asked, and I threw her the ball, and the rest is history, as they say. I love that. Oh, my gosh, that is awesome. (laughs) We're looking at a picture, for those of you listening, and it says, you intercepted my heart. Let's tackle the world together. Will you marry me? Jordan, you stud. That is awesome. (laughs) I love that. That is amazing. All right, so I've played three years. For the Bills, 03, 04, 05. So I've got a couple questions. Question number yeah. one is, where was my invite? Where was my invite? <laughs> I, you know, I might not be a Bills legend like Kyle Williams <laughs> or Jim Kelly, but I, I'm checking my email. Nope, no invite in there, Jordan. I checked my mail. Nope, not even to save the date. Where was my invite? We maxed out at 70,000. We couldn't hit any more. <laughs> I like your, your it. Quarterback, your quarterback wasn't even there. Drew Bledsoe didn't even come. So I mean, we we did we did. Uh, did you play with Robert Royal? He was there. We had uh, a few people from your team, I think, there. Mm-hmm. But no, we were at the game. Yeah, I was there. Oh three, oh four, oh five. So it would have been uh, London Fletcher, Takeo Spikes. Oh. I can't imagine Travis Henry showing up. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of guys we can get into. My second question is, I got, I just got to know, where are you guys from in that area? We're both from Rochester, so it's only about an hour, hour and a half outside of Buffalo. No, uh, I'm, very, I'm very familiar. I mean, I that's where training camp was the three oh, years yeah. I was yeah, a yeah. Bill. I, Rochester, by the way, uh, where where. 
where the Buffalo Bills training camp is, St. John Fisher Cow. That's an awesome area. I used to almost wish it was All like right. the Rochester Bills because I was like, wow, Rochester's pretty <laughs> sweet. Yeah, they actually redid a lot of their campus, a lot of their facilities. Um, they really added to it. My sister went there, and they've added since she's been there. Um, and their athletics are top-notch, and their training facilities. And Rochester loves their Bills, trust me. Like, not just us. Like, we are surrounded by Bills fans. It's wonderful. Anywhere you go. Look at Tennessee this weekend. 30,000 people. It's crazy. <laughs> I just love that it was, you mentioned Kyle Williams officiated, Jim Kelly gave away the bride, Thurman Thomas was there, Steve Tasker took part. Uh, but Jordan, give our listeners, our viewers, a sense of how were you the lucky ones to get married on the field at halftime? Yeah, so uh, back in late May, June, the Bills had announced that they were going to be uh, doing a, a wedding at halftime on their field. Um, and Mackenzie and I looked at each other when we first found out, we're like, we got to do this. And then of course, you know, 150 people, you know, started tagging us and texting us saying, Hey, oh my God, you guys got to do this. Um, so we, we had to fill out an application first about, you know, a little bit about us, how we met, uh, why we love the bills and why we think we should win. Um, and then from there, it was about a month and a half later when, we got an email uh, stating that we were one of the finalists, so one of 10 finalists. And then we had to create a 30 second video as to, again, why we are so special to win this, uh, this special event. Um, and we just got as creative as we possibly could and we made it fun. And uh, we basically did a timeline on our, how we met, our first date, the engagement, and how many yards we've traveled, how many wins and losses we have. And then we used, you know, pandemonium, you got to believe. I used everything about the bills we could. We wore our Zubas, our jerseys, our hats. Um, <laughs> and then we got, I got the call at work that said we won in, out of 1,400 people. We never win anything. So I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And it was a dream come true because, you know, my dad passed away when I was 16. And the fact that Jim Kelly walked me out was truly like, a, that was the coolest thing ever. And they made me a customized jersey for my dad on his, that's what Jim Kelly was walking out with. And it was just the coolest thing ever. The, the organization, I can't say anything better. Like they were the top notch, like nicest. They, I feel like family, their marketing crew who called me and helped us with everything and planned the event, like were great. Kim Pagula, I gave her all credit in the world um i'm one of our biggest fans and i'm a sports nut and i thanked her for you know everything she's doing with women in sports because i'm like i said one of the rare few who love sports and know my stats about any kind of sport but she had this idea and their marketing team had this idea and the nfl was like hey for nfl 100 can you do you need to come up with a huge event and one of them was like hey let's do a wedding and they, they just ran with it, with it and him kind of push for it and they approved it and then we had to keep this a big secret for a month because no one yeah. could find out about this so it was probably the best secret i've ever kept and you know the coolest <laughs> day of my life <laughs> all right so let so i want to get to the important question so number one how did you meet you, you had to fill it out in that survey i i gotta know how did you guys meet um it was the second day of is that class actually? Um, we in I college, in college, yeah. in community college. Um, I walked in, and to this day, he tells me he noticed me right away. I was too oblivious, um, and he sat right behind me. We were in a group for was it baseball? We were learning yeah. like the pro hop and pro, and he just sat with me and he just kept talking to me. And he had that I hate to say it, the Justin Bieber like <laughs> hair, and I was like, wow, <laughs> he's pretty cute. And but I didn't think anything of it. Like, I'm just like, eh, like we're going to be, you know, I wasn't, it was second day of school. So he found me on Facebook, like a few nights later, this is when like, <laughs> we'd go into messenger and he's like, Hey, I'm Jordan. I'm like, Oh, you're the one from sports class. And then we just kept talking and he was from the city with where I'm from in Rochester. He knew so many people, like we went to the um, different high schools, but we knew certain people and we just kept talking. And then we just kept going to lunch at school and just kept hanging out. And my mom goes, he likes you. He likes you. And he came into my house, shook my mom's hand, like a really 
like a gentleman. Like I was like shocked because I was like, oh my gosh, there's decent people out there. And then we just kept talking and we're very like go with the flow, chill, like not in a rush. So we wanted to be friends. And then that February, finally, geez, we knew we liked each other, but it was more like, who's going to ask each other who? We went to a concert and then later at... Was it so, 11.59? Yeah, so I went, to, I went to go drop her back off home that night, and um, you had mentioned at the beginning that I'm a big Yankees fan, so uh, it was just about to turn February 21st, but it was still February 20th, and I told her, you know, we can make our anniversary date either the 20th or the 21st, because I'm a big Paul O'Neill fan, and uh, so we, we went with the 21st. And I compromised, like, any wedding you have or marriage you have to, and, you know, I'm okay <laughs> He loves the Bills. I'm okay with him liking the Yankees, and I like the Red Sox. Like, you know, I respect the Yankees for all they've done, but, you know, we won it last year, and, you know, we can still we, – we get into little arguments about that here and there, or Bill stats, but that's about it. Yeah, that was our first date at the Bills game. We went that October to the Chargers-Bills, uh, and then we went to a Halloween fest at some amusement park the next night. And – I had just met him, but I thought he was like the coolest person and he was so spontaneous and he wanted to do this with me. And that that's the day the power went out in the stadium. Mm-hmm. It, Lee Evans, the wide receiver on the Bills, had a game-winning catch on his helmet just like this. And um, I think Philip Rivers was still there, right? Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers was there. Yeah. Um, it was so cool. Um, and then we've just been going to games ever since. Right now we're in like a season ticket thing where we pick three games we go to um we're going to cleveland for the away game so we try to go to at least four games this year or every year um yeah and i know jordan you're going to the super bowl because from what i understand that was part of the gift package from the buffalo bills so uh did you get any other gifts from the fans and how will that feel going to see the new england patriots in the super bowl Uh, uh, (laughs) they gotta play quality teams first before they can go to the super bowl (laughs) um so the the bills also gave us um you know signed ball from everyone from the team um you know they they were very accommodating in general for everything and they gave us bride and groom jerseys which was really cool so we wore that out uh that night that we got married to a bunch of bars in buffalo we're gonna wear that down to miami as well i'm gonna bring all my bill stuff and wear it every day down there um Got to represent. Miami is just the relocation of Bills fans. Let's just face it. There are so many Bills fans down there. When I lived there, well, I lived in Tampa, but there were so many Bills fans. I mean, Carolina, Tennessee, um, you name it, there's Bills fans everywhere. I went to Ireland, I found a Bills fan. So it was, they're yeah. everywhere. So I, I'm, you know, I'm just happy to get the opportunity to go. This is on our bucket list. And yeah. I've never been to Miami. Um, I think it's just been a great experience. And I, I didn't even know, like everyone knew in the organization, everyone knew that day we were getting these tickets and everyone's like, you didn't find out. Like, no, <laughs> no one told us. Like it was the biggest, like surprise, the coolest thing ever. Like yeah. we were so excited. All right. So again, I guess I'm the only one that asked the important questions. You mentioned <laughs> that when you guys met or no, when you guys got engaged, you had stocked up the good food, the good brews. That's what I'm here for, okay? Jordan McKenzie, what is, like, when you guys tailgate or the day when you threw the football and got engaged, what's, like, your go-to beer, your go-to food? It's a football Friday, food Friday. My guy Briggs over there is drinking a Bloody Mary. Like a man, I had two IPAs <laughs> last night. Oh, it's oh, a it terrible. Oh, 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 Look at oh, this frog. Get out of here with that crap. This is a bill session. Okay, right. Tito's, Tito's, Tito's okay. okay. I'll take that. That's that. You made up for that. I can get with that. Uh, yeah, so go to, usually it's like a, some sort of Canadian beer, whether it's Labatt's or Molson. Uh, we're very simple people. I'm like, I love Molson. Um, but my thing is I love chicken wings, of course, naturally, but we marinate them overnight. And this sauce that's in Rochester, I think it's Chivetta's. Yeah. And we like let them soak and then we put them on the grill. Um, and that is like the best thing ever. Um, yeah. usually in Rochester too, there's a thing called a white hot dog. They're made from all pork. Um, and they're really good. So we have those, um, sometimes burgers. It all depends on 
depends on the weather yeah the weather too i'm sometimes when you know it's really cold you want to grill but when we went to the denver game uh two years ago and it was oh. 90 oh uh we just did um Wegmans. we love our wegmans here and we yeah. get wegmans subs um chips i mean you name it we pack it up you know we love our snacks Okay, so last question before we wrap this up. Jordan, 70,000 wedding guests and no bar bill? Did you not have to pay a dime for the wedding? And where's the honeymoon? <laughs> Honeymoon's down in Miami for now. Uh, we have another wedding. Our, you know, the, one, the wedding we actually planned is uh, Halloween of next year. So um, we haven't looked that yeah. far ahead. We've been very busy this summer with yeah. planning this wedding. So. Yeah. Uh, but we're thinking somewhere else warm, maybe Hawaii or somewhere on the, on the European end of things. All right. We really appreciate the time. Mackenzie Park, Jordan Mengeli, go Bills. It's bye week. So enjoy Sunday just chilling and spending some time together. Bills off to a terrific start as well. And that's a wonderful Thank story. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Go Bills. <laughs> Ross, you are another Bills legend. Would you get married at a Bills game if you could do it all over again? No, I don't think I would because <laughs> I am very confident that that is not what my wife would have wanted. Although, you know what? Yeah. They're having a second wedding. So they're still doing it. So I didn't. I never thought of it that way. They're, they're playing chess. I was playing checkers thinking – Wow, you get married once, that's really cool, but that's your one wedding experience. No, they're having two weddings. They got the one they already planned. They're double dipping. This was just like an extra, hey, let's go do the official thing there. Then we can have the reception with our family and friends some other time. That's awesome. That that makes sense to me because I know this. My wife sure as heck wouldn't want our one wedding to be at New Era Field in Buffalo. That's for sure. But she might have done that, you know, for one thing. Maybe we could have done it at like a Penn State game or Eagles. That's who we both grew up fans of. As long as she still got her real ceremony in her hometown at her grandmother's house. Technically, her Oma's house is how she calls her. That that would have been, as long as she got both, she would have been happy. By the way, those that couple, Mackenzie and Jordan, that is Buffalo, Dave, to a T. <laughs> They were amazing. Like when they talked about the white hot dogs, that's a thing. White hot dogs in Buffalo, that's a thing. It's some type of like, so I don't know what the deal is, but everything they talked about, the beef on whack, the wing, like but Buffalo, Western New York is like its own slice of the world. It really is. I thought the engagement was just absolutely brilliant. The message, you intercepted my heart. Let's tackle the world together. Oh, my wife would laugh hysterically if I busted out that line. They are an awesome couple. So great to have them on Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.